Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. The ability to dream is the ability to see beyond what is the ordinary. It is, without a doubt, our lives so easily to be caught up in what we see, but it's one thing to see what it is. It's another thing to see what it could become. It's one thing to see just as it is in the moment and another thing to see what could the potential be. Someone can look at a cluster of clouds in the sky and simply see the clouds, but then there's someone else who can look at the sky and begin to see shapes and things that are familiar. Just the ability to see more than just what is. I think it's the gift of every child is the ability to look and to imagine. The the gift of imagination, the gift to look and not just see what is, but to see what could be. It's um, one of the things I would say to young parents is buy your kids a big box as long as you can. Because kids can look at a big box and they can see that box as becoming anything they can imagine. But then something happens the older we get, our expectations become tamed. And instead of being able to see with imagination, we somewhere along the way get trapped and just see according to how it is. Sometimes life just becomes the, it is what it is. It's just in this moment that we're trapped in in the reality of what is, but there is a reality that's greater than what is because what we celebrate at Christmas is literally what was impossible becoming possible. Do you realize today that the hope of what we celebrate on this Christmas is all because a baby was born to a virgin? That's not possible except that the Holy Spirit makes all things possible. What would it look like in life if we could see our circumstance, our situation, not just according to how it is? I'm not saying today to ignore the fact that there are moments in life that there's pain, there's difficulty, there's situations. We, we don't look to pretend they're not there because obviously there's a process of growing up that we, we can pretend and make believe as a child. But when we grow up, there's a place where you can't pretend. You, you can't pretend it's not a problem or you can't pretend it's not something. It's the reality that it is, but there's a greater reality. There's a greater reality because there is a reality of a God who is still able to make something out of nothing. There's still a God who by his power can intervene. What would life look like if we would begin to see the circumstances, not according to our own ability, but to see according to how God sees them? What if we could imagine the inconceivable? What would seem not even possible? What you could not even conceive as possibility? But that's what we celebrate at Christmas. Our hope is established on this core, this foundational truth the Son of God, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin. Born of a virgin. 
fact, it's in Matthew that Joseph was given these words when an angel came to Joseph and the angel said to Joseph, he said, Joseph, who is from the line of David, he says, do not be afraid for the child that Mary is carrying is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. This was the Holy Spirit's doing. Because without the Holy Spirit, this is not even possible. Salvation is not just that a child was born, but salvation is that the perfect Lamb of God, an unblemished one who is not from just the, the, the things and the ways of man, but who was born into man's ways, but born by one and a process begun by what no man could do but only God. As God made it possible. Even Mary, when she heard herself, the news from the angel, and the angel said to Mary, said that you will conceive, that you're going to have a child. Mary's first response was, how could this happen? I mean, a great question, a fair question for a young girl who is engaged to be married, but not yet even married, not yet in this relationship. She's young. How in the world could this happen? She asked a fair question. I'm sure you've had those moments in life. You can ask the fair question, God, how can any good come out of this? God, how can you work in this circumstance? God, how can you move in this situation? God, how can you change what's going on? God, how can you do this? The angel answered her question. When the angel said in Luke, he said the Spirit of God, or God will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And the Holy Spirit will do this work goes on to say that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Mary's words at that moment went from how could this be, from how could this even happen, and it went to whatever you say. Literally, she said, according to your word, let this be done. According to your word, let this be done. She allowed what seemed inconceivable to now begin to fill her mind. You realize that everything around you in this room today, except for the person that you're sitting beside, started with an imagination. Someone imagined something, the chairs that you're sitting on. Someone imagined that. Someone imagined the lights and the abilities and the things... It wasn't created by God. God gave the ability to someone who had the ability to imagine. And it begins with an imagination. And the imagination gives way to a possibility. And the possibility gives way to a reality. That there's a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or even imagine. What if we could consider life not according to the way it is, but according to how God is able to work in our situation. I think sometimes we can easily get caught living life from earth to heaven rather than from heaven to earth. What I mean by that is we can live from earth to heaven and, and, and oftentimes our prayer life is earth to heaven because our prayers are, God, there's a problem down here on earth. I need you to do something. just to be honest with you, God already knows what your problem is. Prayer isn't just telling God what your problem is. 
prayer is being able to get God's perspective on what's going on in your life. That instead of it just being an identity of identifying what the issue is or what the situation is, to begin to hear God's voice and God's word. Because when you do, it changes everything. Like Ezekiel, who in a vision was taken to the valley of dry bones. And when he stood in the valley of dry bones, literally all he could see were dry bones. But then the Lord asked him, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And the first response, I'm sure he could have stated the obvious, these are just bones. But he didn't say what his situation was. In fact, I love his response. He says, oh God, only you know. Oh God, only you know. That this shift from, God, I'm not just going to report what's going on down here, but God, you know. And so I don't want to just update you on what the situation is here. I want you to update me on what the situation is in heaven. I don't want to update you on I'm just a virgin. I'm just a girl in Mary's situation. I'm just a girl. How in the world can this be? I'm not going to just update you on this is impossible. But I'm going to allow you to update me on what you're able to do. That you're able to work in the impossible and in the difficult. Whatever the situation. Can you imagine God restoring whatever needs to be restored in your life? Can you imagine God bringing hope and redemption and healing and help? I'm sure there's some of you here today and you say, God, I really would love it if you'd heal me. I believe that our God is able to heal. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I know that God is able, but even if he doesn't, that's not the cop out for, well, God might not do it. It's this statement of, God, I don't always know what you're doing, but help me to have perspective to believe and know that you're always up to something, that I can trust you. I can't conceive how this is going to work. This is inconceivable in my mind of how you're going to work in this situation, how you're going to turn this around. But I know that God is able. Do you realize that for Joseph, Joseph was thinking the worst case scenario until the angel came along. Before the angel came along, Joseph concerning Mary said, I've got to divorce her. He made plans already privately that he was going to do it to honor her in a quiet way, but he knew that he had to make a decision. This was his wisdom. But then the angel of the Lord spoke to him, and the angel of the Lord gave him a whole different way of seeing this. Some of us getting ready to go into a new year, 2019. I'm sure there might be some relationships. There might be some situations. There might be some circumstances in our lives that we would say, we would love for this to be different. I think one of the best ways to start would be able to say to God, God, I'm, I know you're able to change the circumstance, but before you change the circumstance, I'm going to let you change the way I look at the circumstance. Because sometimes the change that God wants to bring is not just from the outside, but he wants it to start and begin on the inside, that God can give us a different way of looking, that we would not just see the worst case scenario. Is it just me, or are we sometimes good at letting our mind imagine how bad it could be before we learn how to imagine how good it could be? Is there anyone else in the room that the moment someone's late, 
the first thought is, I wonder what's wrong. Is there anyone else in the room that the moment things don't go the way that it's planned, our mind is quickly filled with, what's the problem? Why? Because we can be so conditioned and allowing ourselves to be filled with all the possibilities of what's wrong, what's going on, how things are taking place. But what if we could allow our mind to flow not from the aspect of what the problem is, but by living with God's perspective. You see, there's two wisdoms in the world. There's a wisdom of man from earth, and then there's a wisdom from God that is not of this earth. God's given you the, the ability to hear his voice. Someone in the room might be like, well, that just sounds like crazy talk to hear voices. It's called your conscience. You were created with it. God gave you that ability. It wasn't formed by just over time. The intrinsic design of your, of your brain, your body, the way God created you and I. He gave us the ability to know him. You know why? Because we're created in his image. And in his image, he wants you and I to conceive the things that are of God. And when you do, that's where joy and peace and hope and contentment come from. When we allow the truth of God to be at work in us, to flow through us, and to give us a different perspective, to be able to see what is unimaginable to become a reality. What is it in your life that would be different today if you would allow your mind to have a different way of looking at things. I think there's some tension in relationships that could change if we would start looking and thinking differently about people. If we would start thinking not according to what our circumstances, but according to what God's word says. That when we begin to apply our lives, and I gotta tell you, doing things according to God's word doesn't always make sense. But that's when I have to realize there's a wisdom of this world, and then there's a wisdom that is not of this world. There's a wisdom that can be conceived in my mind, and then there's a wisdom that can only be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And God has given you and I the ability to know Him, that His Spirit is on the inside of us, that what Jesus did in Mary will never be done again. There's only one Savior. We're not waiting for the Messiah. We celebrate tonight because the Messiah has come. And his name is Jesus. But the same spirit who overshadowed Mary and did a miracle in her life is the same spirit that wants to overshadow your life today and do a work in your life to bring about that hope, that joy, that peace, to be able to see life not according to the way it is, to allow God to transform and to make it more than you could even imagine. And all of this starts in only one place. It only starts with Jesus. And today, on this Christmas Eve, we hope that you allow this truth to be what is in your heart and your mind. 
to allow this peace to bring you comfort and strength. This is the light of the world and the hope that has come so that we might have life and we might have hope. This is the greatest gift and it begins with Jesus. You see, when you come to Christ, when you have a relationship with Jesus, it changes everything about you. It changes the way you think, changes the way you look at people, changes the way we think about people, changes the way we think about life. It's the greatest gift. My, um, my dad, one year, I remember he had given me uh, a special gift, and it was so special that it could not just be wrapped up, but he also hid it, and I had to find it. I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember how long ago. All I remember is that it was an Atari, so that'll tell you a little bit. Someone in the room is like, Mom, what's an Atari? <laughs> we'll tell you later. I remember Dad saying to me, he said, I think this is going to be the best gift ever. This is going to be your favorite one. And it was exciting, I think, for Dad because he wanted me to not just receive the gift, but even in finding it was that moment of creating a memory. We were at the end of the Christmas experience, and Dad said, you've got one more gift, and I think it'll be your favorite one. He said, but you got to find it. Dad told me it's within these, this room, this area in the kitchen and the dining room or the, yeah, the dining room were in the similar area. And so he said, it's somewhere in this space. My dad sat down and he says, you got to find it. And I start looking and, and I'm, I'm waiting for some help on where this might be, but there's excitement in me. I can't wait to find this. As I'm looking, I realize that my dad is watching me every move I make, of course, but then one moment I caught my dad's face and as I'm walking, dad began to make these faces like his eyes raised. And I started to realize that if I watched dad, some of the cues would come from the way he was looking at me. Like the questionable face was like, you're going the wrong way. And so I'm literally walking with my eyes on dad to see if I'm going in the right direction. And then at one moment as I, I must have gone too far, dad started with his voice. And his voice went, you're getting colder. You're getting colder. I stopped and I realized this isn't the right direction. And so as I turn direction and start moving the other way, dad starts to say, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. You're getting hotter. You're getting warmer. I remember when I came to the closet door, the closet that was underneath the stairs, and I opened that angle cut door. And right there, hidden behind some other boxes, was a gift that was wrapped. I remember it was red, and I opened up that gift and found an Atari. It was the favorite gift I had received the moment I fell in love with Frogger. It just doesn't get any better. We, we need to bring back some real games. <laughs> now I am an old man, and I can't keep up with these new games. But I remember that moment I was thinking about this Christmas, this, this Christmas and See, there's a Father in heaven who has the best gift waiting for you. There's a Father in heaven who has a gift that is waiting for you today. Yeah, he's wrapped it up. You might say, why doesn't he just hand it to me? Because 
One of the reasons it's not just handed to you is because the gift that's handed to you becomes the gift that you just expect and the gift is all about you. But when you find the gift that the Father placed for you, it's now about what He has for you and not just what you want from Him. When the gift is just put in your hands, you know this. When something's just given to you, it, you treat it a whole, di- whole lot different than when something you've not earned because you can't earn it. But when you've learned and you've found and you've come to the reality of what that gift means. How many know there's just a big difference? You say, well, I'm just waiting for God to bring it to me. No, he's already brought it to you. He's handing it, making it available for you. And he's in heaven looking down on you. Some of you might say today, well, I can picture God in heaven making this face at me that he's angry and disappointed at me. I want you to know today that God would never make a face at you that says, I don't love you, or I'm angry, or I'm mad at you, God may look at you today with compassion. And if he has any hurt, it's not because he's mad at you, it's because he knows that he's got something great for you, and he doesn't want you to miss out on it. There is an anger of God. I know there's somebody who said, but there is a wrath of God. You better believe there's a wrath of God. And if you think this is the wrath of God, you've not seen anything yet. I learned that one day when I was crying growing up and my mama said, you want me to give you something to cry about? I'm like, I thought I had it already. I thought this was something to cry about. My my point is this. God has never given up on you. He's never stopped loving you. And even in life when it feels like you can't find him, it's not because he left you. It might be because you're getting colder. You're getting colder. You're getting colder. You're moving in the wrong direction. But tonight, on this Christmas, that you would imagine a love, but be able to find a love like you could never imagine. That you would imagine a joy, but find a joy that you could never imagine. That you would imagine peace and contentment, but find it in a way that you could never imagine. Because it's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He has something beyond what we can even imagine. And this is our hope. I want to ask you today, maybe you would say, what kind of God is this that would do what he did for me, that would give himself on this Christmas? How much he must love you, how much he must love me, that he went through all that he went through. He could have remained in heaven, and I love this. Someone said one time, God didn't leave heaven. He brought heaven to earth. He didn't leave heaven. He brought heaven to earth because his presence is here. And the presence of God is available for each and every one of us. That same spirit that was in work in Mary's life, at work in Mary's life, that overshadowed her, I want you to know is the same spirit that is here today and wants to overshadow you. Instead of being overshadowed by fear and doubt and worry, I would say to you what the angels said to Joseph and what I know God has had to say to me, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I'm able to do the inconceivable. I'm able to do what is not of this world, but I'm able to do what is even greater. This is the love that God has for you and I. And this is the love that we hope and pray that you'll experience, that you'll celebrate, and maybe fall in love with all over again. The God who's able to do the unimaginable.
the inconceivable. This is the God that we serve. I pray today that you'll receive and know this hope that is in Him alone.